0: There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our friends, our colleagues, society at large, whatever. Of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. It dives into the stories that myself and my guests are living with, and we work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. There is a ton of information out there about things people have worked through five years ago, 10 years ago, one year ago. This is what happened. This is how I moved through it. This is what came of it. I think what's really interesting though, is actually being able to listen in on someone trying to figure through something right now. That is what I discovered through sharing all of my journey on Instagram, on my blog, that people were really relating to the struggle, the current struggle, not something that happened to me in the past, but what I was currently moving through. That's what seemed to really touch people. And that's what I want to bring to you through the In My Truth podcast. These real conversations about an untruth that we're currently trying to wrangle, currently trying to understand, currently trying to figure out. I think there's a lot of power in sitting in on that conversation, on that struggle, on that kind of figuring, that dissecting, that understanding as it happens. Let's get to it. Quick disclaimer before we dive in. What we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome back to the show this week and I've got a great guest, Ali Paz, a friend of mine I met in Guatemala a year, a year and a half ago, I think. Yeah. We were both there for... The volcano summit with a good friend of ours, Jan Mabadi, and uh, yeah, we had a great time and a, a, some really good deep conversations. Actually, when we met, so I'm super excited to have you on the show, Ali. Um, yeah, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're at.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Sarah. I really appreciate it. So I am actually at kind of a a what I call a personal and professional crossroads right now, which um, I think is something in our society we tend to not like to show the work, right? We just like to show the success stories and talk about how someone got to X point in their perf- their professional life and their incredible accomplishments, um, or X point in their personal life and their, pro- their incredible accomplishments. Mm-hmm. We'd never, as a society, like to go through the process of talking about when things aren't working. So for me, this is actually a fun and scary exercise mm-hmm. <laughs> of, um, publicly talking with a friend about being at a crossroads and not really knowing what I'm doing next and not being able to validate myself with my long list of personal and professional accomplishments. So um, that's what I'm here to talk about today.
0: Oh, I love it. And I mean, we haven't really debriefed on this prior, so I'm excited to dive into it with you a little bit as well. Um, So, I mean, tell us a little bit more about what you want to dive into, but maybe a little bit about who you were professionally or, you know, those labels that you've placed on yourself in the past. And then what is this kind of issue, this untruth that you want to get to um, today?
1: So I worked in finance for about seven years. Um, I did everything right. You know, I climbed up the ladder every year. I had the right suits. I had the right mentors. I read the right books. I went to the right conferences. Like I was just checking every box along the way and and doing it with flying colors. And I was absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, could not have been more unhappy. Didn't like the person who I was on the inside that reflected on the outside. I was terrible to the people around me. Um, and I've always been more of a maker and much more of an entrepreneur. And I wasn't being. True to that process, which I think was a large piece of that, I then did a pretty big pivot and started to work with a lot more entrepreneurs and be part of the entrepreneurial community. Um, and started a couple of different projects, which which initially was how you and I were connected. Mm-hmm. But those are still things in process, right? And I don't have any like big PR announcement to make about some incredible thing that I've done because I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still working on a lot of things, and as a society and as individuals, we're generally told not to, not to talk about that journey, um, and not to talk about the times when things aren't working, and because you know, then we're just validated by everyone externally, and it looks like we haven't done much. Mm. Um, so that's been a really challenging process for me over the past, you know, I'd say two years. And, and recognizing that I have more to offer as a friend, as a partner, as, um, you know, an individual in society than like what my, you know, current, some of my accomplishments
0: is. Mm, Gosh, I got goosebumps with that. Um, where, how do you feel right now today in relation to all of this? What's, what's, what are the feelings?
1: I feel really good. Um, it's taken a long time for me to get to this point where I'm okay being comfortable talking about, like, the mess mm-hmm. um, or just the the unfinished pieces of art or pieces of sculpture. If we think about, you know, professional success that way. I, I used to make a lot of art, so that's how I tend to think about it, right? Um, and it, I have spent the better part of two years kind of just, like, hiding behind this, like, idea that it will be okay and I can talk to people, but only when things are going really well and I have a way to kind of, you know, validate my existence to them, which is
0: bullshit. That's not how, I, I don't know if I'm about to curse on yeah, you. Yeah, you can. I swear all the time I'm Australian. Okay, great. <laughs> it's part of my like Perfect. vocabulary. <laughs> Perfect. So
1: realizing that like, I shouldn't have to be, I'm, I'm, I'm many things besides just a person who is career oriented in this world. Um, I'm a great friend and and just an awesome human to be around, but it's taken me a long time to get to that point where I can say my friends and the people who are close to me in my life value me for more than what I'm professionally or personally contributing to them.
0: Mm. I totally, I totally relate to all of
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know you've gone through like pieces of this over the past year. Um, so I, I guess I'd love to hear more about it too.
0: Yeah, I think like something I was thinking about and I I potentially may have said this um, in previous episodes, but, um, you know, I was very attached. Also, career is a really big part of my life and I know that and I love and appreciate that, but I was very attached to myself as a finance expert um, and I updated my Instagram recently to just say I'm not one thing but many because I was like I don't want to be boxed into not only professionally, but even personally, like I want to be able to talk about the things that are just interesting to me personally, whether it's relationships, friends, food, I don't know, travel, whatever, um, the pain, the darkness, the work that I'm doing, like all yeah. of it. And I felt like having those labels on there that we all or many of us tend to put on our Instagram profiles or our whatever social media profiles of like defining who we are. I just felt like I don't want to be limited anymore um and it's it's kind of scary to push into this unknown realm but it's also liberating and freeing um and to be a little bit more in our truth about all these different things that we are and that we care about and that we um that interest us whether it's for the long term or the short term um but they're coming up and i'd like to be able to to talk about them i think just sharing the the struggle and the pain was really really tough for me because I felt cold to do it, but far out, like the vulnerability hangovers that I would have after every post would just be like sick in my stomach. Like, why am I doing this? Like, Hmm. Oh my God. Like I'm meant to be, I had an idea that I'm meant to be inspirational. I'm meant to be, you know, successful. Exactly those things you were saying, like these are my professional accomplishments. Um, And even now it's like still a constant exercise in like, what is my truth today? And like, what am I sharing with the world today? How am I showing up in my authenticity, whether it is good, bad, or ugly?
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a really big, at least for me over the past couple of years, that's been a really big realization, um, that showing up authentically is like the scariest thing but so important.
0: It is so important. It's also very beautiful. And I think you are much more than your professional career. I mean, I I kind of met you professionally, but also personally at the same time. And there's so much to you and that, that is so beautiful. Like why would we need to hide those things that, that, that personal side of us, those things that we're, we're afraid of. I think when we see them in each other, it's like, it is very beautiful actually.
1: Yeah. Have you gotten i sorry, no you're going talking ahead. about the Instagram posts, but like have you gotten a very different response from people as you started posting um those really kind of like vulnerable episodes that you've gone through over the past year or so?
0: Yeah, but interestingly enough, I've had not a single like negative response, not a single troll, not a single wow. anything like and I feel there's something in that that people sense the authenticity. And I think what what was the fear for me was things like, oh, I don't want people to think I'm attention seeking or whatever. But I just sat in my truth and I was like, well, I'm I feel called to do this and I'm going to share it as raw and real as I can. And I'm not doing it for attention because it actually makes me feel physically ill when I do it. Yeah. Um but you know you just have to get to that truth and that place. But I think It's been an interesting exercise because I've received nothing but connection, essentially, Um, and people just wanting to have conversations with me. And that was the idea behind this podcast, really, was like, let's have some of these conversations publicly um, because there's just so much healing and learning and growth that's going into the conversations. Um, And they're a two way conversation. Like, I'm not a therapist or a counsellor or whatever, um, neither are the people that I'm talking with. We're just kind of sharing and healing together. Um, so it's been like a really, really incredible journey actually. And, and I think what's happened for me is having people, I talked a lot about sabotage and some of the things that I was doing because I was out of alignment, you know, I was acting out in different ways to try to feel, to fill those holes in me, to feel things that I wanted to feel, but it wasn't real Um, but like having people call me and sit there and tell me like, this is what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I feel, I don't want to do it anymore. And we just dive into like, you know, I can relate. Like, this is why I was doing it. What do you think? And it's, um, it's just like amazing. It also normalizes or makes me feel, um, better. Like I'm not stuck in my own head, in my own world of pain.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. It's been a journey. Um, tell me a little more about like what comes up for you right now around this kind of starting to open up the personal side and letting, trying to let go of those professional accomplishments being the thing that, um, you know, fills you up and makes you feel whole and makes you feel like you're worth something. Tell me a little bit more about what's going on right now.
1: Oh, it's so scary. Mm -hmm. Um, right now I feel okay. Just because I think I've done enough work around this very consciously over the past couple of months, um, and I'm actually I'm in a group that like works around a lot of this too. We literally just talk about our feelings a whole lot, um, it. and it's a group of people who generally I only meet in a professional context, and we don't talk about work at all. Um, so it's a it's a kind of it's been incredibly freeing because now I'm at the point where. I am used to just sharing personal vulnerabilities and not like putting the gloss over things. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also really scary Mm -hmm. um, to actually have these really honest conversations that on a weekly basis are more frequently than not like, here are the things that didn't work out so well this week, you know, rather than just giving a list of like the professional highs or the personal highs, Mm -hmm. um, which I think in as a society, especially with Instagram and, and Facebook culture and Twitter culture, like that's what we're kind of designed to do now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's What's come up for you this week? Like, what's most scary this week? Um,
1: I am about to go to another, you know, big professional networking event, and I have no idea how I'm positioning myself. Mm-hmm. So, networking events always terrify me a little bit, as I think they do for many people. And in those situations, you're, the first thing you're supposed to do is go in and validate yourself with your list of professional accomplishments. Mm-hmm. That's literally how they're designed and how can you help the, the other people who you're meeting. And I'm making myself go to an event and I have no idea how I'm validating myself to these other people because right now I have nothing that I'm like selling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that to me is is really scary and going to be kind of a big first step in feeling comfortable with the fact that like, I'm not the most shiny version of my professional self at the moment. Mm. Um, and that I'm still a, a, you know, person who's can add value. Right. Um, so that's really kind of scary.
0: Totally. Where do you think the need for validation professionally came for you as an individual? I mean, Um, I think it happens to a lot of us, but I'd love to hear your side.
1: Uh, like my my family lives and breathes professional validation mm-hmm. like that's how they i I come from a very large family, and that's how they relate to each other.
0: It just kind of yeah, that's what it is. Does it scare you right now, like what your family thinks right now?
1: Oh, um, I, you know, I'm not scared of it anymore. um because basically, you know we've we've had two years of fighting over this, and um that I think they're becoming. More receptive of the process, um, Mm -hmm. or at least it's less like uh, it's it's much less intense. Mm. But in in some ways, I think it's been helpful for them to see that it is possible to be a a human in the world without the list of professional accomplishments, because it's not um, a way any of them were brought
0: up. Mm. It's so interesting. I feel like this sort of thing is coming up for a lot of people. Um, I think we're a similar age, but you know, once you've kind of had that push into yeah. professional career, you've followed the bouncing ball for a certain amount of time. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, hang on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like, it's funny. Like what's coming up for me right now is actually on the relationship side. Like
1: hmm.
0: I almost did the same thing from a relationship perspective where I was like, okay, well the right thing to do is be in a long-term relationship um, ultimately get married and I've never really jazzed on having kids, but like, just follow that, that path. And, um, you know, I broke up with my, I broke up from my marriage two years ago, but I broke up with my most recent boyfriend about three months ago, I guess. And like literally today, this morning, I was like actually crying last night and this morning, just feeling this, like, I'm not used to not being someone's person. Oh, interesting. And I'm trying to be my own person and it's like, you know, some days I'm fine, but I think that's like a really big thing. Like I'm, there's still grieving of the, the actual relationship for sure. Mm -hmm. And then there's just also this like, Holy fuck. Like I've been in a relationship since I was 16. So I've placed value on that. Wow. I've basically relationship hopped and never had more than a couple of months break. Yeah. And I think what's different this time for me is I know we only broke up a few months ago, but I'm not like, I I just know there's a a difference where I'm not looking to just go find someone else. And the likelihood is that I'm not going to enter into any kind of serious relationship for quite some time, because I just, I know that I need this time on my own and to do, to do the work that I've been doing. So it's like, okay, well, I know that. So I can't just go fill this void with somebody else. I need to fill it with myself and, yeah, that's just, it's just come up for me like last night and this morning, just like feeling, I don't, I don't even know what it is. It's just this, like, I'm not someone's person. So that there's like a valid similar thing to what you're talking about. Like a, yeah, I validated myself in that way. I was enough. I was worthy. I was worthwhile because somebody chose me, right. Somebody wanted me to be there. Everything. Um, you know, and I've had a number of beautiful men who have wanted me to be there, everything, but it's like, <laughs> problem to have, Sarah.
1: Oh yeah, no, no.
0: I mean, I've been very blessed. I love yeah. them all. They're just beautiful, but it's like, Oh wow. Like just to sit with it and be like, sit with the discomfort of like, you're nobody's person right now, but you are your own person. Yeah. I just went for a walk before this podcast actually. And I was just like reflecting on that, like this. And it's this um, feeling of like, on the one hand, like spiritually, I know we're all connected. But on the other hand, I'm having my own journey. Mm -hmm. And even if I'm in a relationship, I can't merge with that person and become them anyway. So no matter what happens, I'm still me. And at the same time, we're all still connected. But it's just a different, very uncomfortable right now place for me to be living. Um, And I have these days where I just feel uh, scared, I guess. And I just feel scared about the path that (laughs) I'm on right now.
1: What are you scared of? Cause I have a very opposite problem that I am also working through.
0: Um, (laughs) You're scared of going into the relationship? Going into the, like, I just keep
1: everyone. I'm like, you know, running around with my hand out keeping everyone away. Yeah. Um, So what, I guess, what are you scared of about not being part of that? Yeah. I I love this.
0: I love to dive into these. Like, what am I actually, cause it's so funny how often we just sit with the surface level of our discomfort. Like, Oh, I'm you know like exactly what I just said, but it's like what what's underneath that? Yeah, and I think when I really think about it, I think it's that fear of. Oh fuck! It probably comes down to like what's the right way to do life, and it's future tripping. Like I'm thinking about myself Hmm. at eighty or a hundred and being like, did I make the right choice in my thirties when I. You know, decided to leave my marriage and go down on a different path in terms of relationship. And you know, I think right now my feelings are that I'm not sure if if a one person for life is the right thing for me. If that, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not closed off to it, and I'm, I'm not, I'm just not sure. I'm just not believing it just because that's what the fairy tales tell us. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I want to be curious about it, but there's that fear that by me following my curiosity and trying to get into my truth and what I really want right now. Am I jeopardizing, you know, this lifetime dream that we've been sold of meeting someone and then having the children and having the big family. But it's like actually ridiculous when you think about it for me to make a decision now for how I might feel at a hundred. Like I have no fucking right. clue. That's like 60 years away. Um, I'm going to feel a lot of different things in that meantime And so I have to try to come back to now and just be like, you got to do what's right for you right now. And like, yeah, you know, the relationship I was in wasn't working because it was triggering all of my abandonment issues and it was turning me into an absolute anxious wreck Mm -hmm. and my marriage didn't work for other reasons. And so, you know, there's no point in just staying in things to prove a point. Um, So I am doing what's right for me right now, but I think it's that fear that I'm making somehow a mistake in that, these short-term pursuits are not going to be fulfilling longer term or something like that. Like that it's a mistake that I'm doing, which I know is not right, but I think that's the core of it. That's the core of what I'm thinking about today. Interesting. Um, What about you? Tell me on your side.
1: So this, this just, this, that just triggered a quote that, um, So I have a 94-year-old great aunt
0: um, who
1: has basically lived her life from relationship to relationship. Um, She's a really incredible person, but has always just jumped from one partner to another. And the most recent one uh, is one of the gentlemen in her nursing home. He's fantastic. And he said the other day, we don't buy green bananas here, which I thought was the most fantastic quote because it it basically, (laughs) you, you stop and you think about it. You're like, oh, yeah. Um, I think, like, if you're generally a professionally minded person, if you're a a very achievement minded person, you tend to think about your life in terms of buying the green bananas. Right. And having that, um, you know, that that long term view of things um, and deferring a lot of pleasure, which can work for some things, I don't always think it works for relationships. Yeah. Um, And I think as a society, we've kind of been taught um, that that's how you should view your interpersonal relationships. Um, And that's, I think not, not right, especially not for a lot of people who have realized they will probably be and do um, many different things throughout their
0: lifetime. Totally. And I, I absolutely agree with that point of view. And the last podcast, Um, guest and I were chatting and something that I really loved was there's struggle as a human, but sometimes we struggle because our circumstances are happening to us. And other times we struggle because we're choosing a path. And I feel like the struggle is going to be there. The struggle was there for me in dysfunctional relationships. Now I'm actually choosing to look at a different way and there's still struggle. Today is a struggle. Today is the day where I sit on my couch in my house that's alone in the woods in Colorado. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like that's my struggle today. But I realize it's a struggle I'd rather choose um, because I feel more real, more me, more authentic, more open to all of who I am in terms of the, you know, this life of variety and experience is absolutely me. Like I've known it. I've always known it. Anyway, tell me on your side, on the relationship thing, you, you said you have the opposite.
1: Yeah, so I I hadn't realized it for many years, but um I've had like a a crippling fear of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um and and part of that came from not being able to validate my myself when I wasn't like my shiniest and my brightest. Mm-hmm. Um and so I would I was constantly dating people who were completely emotionally unavailable or physically unavailable. And would would say, oh well, that's okay because I don't really have I don't have time, I don't have energy, I'm not like the right person right now.
0: Yeah. Um, Were you also kind of unavailable to them, or like what would the dynamic be like?
1: No, I would actually be overly available to them, uh-huh. but only like within the sphere that I define. Right. Um. And and would actually, I probably would even be like cloying sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very much, I could only do it within this very strict, like, set of guidelines that I had for myself, mm-hmm. um, and would then get pissed off when it wasn't working. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, didn't understand why. But yeah, it's taken me a long time to realize that, like, that's a piece of it. Um, and in a relationship, um... More days than not, like, you don't just wake up. You don't wake up like this. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, you wake up in your pajamas with your hair undone. Maybe there's some of last night's mascara still on. <laughs> you know, the, the dog's like slobbering in your face. Like, nobody wakes up their best self. And you can't expect that to, to carry over to a relationship and just say, like, oh, I woke up perfectly. It's fine.
0: hmm I don't
1: know if that analogy made any sense <laughs>
0: we're going to go with it. No, I know what you mean. Uh, it's like in a relationship, there's all of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's fucking scary for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was scared in my last relationship because when we met, I was very, I was in a really good place. Like I was just pff, high vibe, like business was going great. I was traveling just really, really solid. And then a few months after we started dating, you know, we we had like an attachment dynamic. I don't know if if anyone here listening is familiar, and not something we need to dive into right now. But sort of like he was on the avoidance side, and I was on the anxious side. And once that stuff started kicking in, I just started losing my absolute fucking mind. But then what was hard for me was like, oh, I'm meant to be the person that he met. Like I'm meant to be that vibrant, bubbly, you know, very focused on my career person. And very slowly, I was becoming completely unstuck. Everything was falling apart to the point where I was so far from that person. It was just like, I eventually just had to surrender, which was pretty much my breakdown was just like, all right, I'm, I'm just not coping with life right now. And, you know, in the end, him and I are still, um, still have a connection and a friendship and we're working through everything. And I think it's like, we're finding our path together still, uh, you know, coming back to love, coming back to, we're not getting back together, but we're just still in each other's lives. So we've gone on that journey together. And now it's like, well, he and everyone else in my life has now seen all of the sides to me. And I don't feel anymore that I have to live up to that certain expectation. Because as you say, like, we are all many, many different things at many different times. And that's constantly changing and, and moving. I mean, we can Like I feel wonderful right now, but I was crying when I woke up at 2 a.m. this morning, like each day can produce different emotions, different feelings, different versions of ourselves. And being in relationship is being able to love all of that in yourself and just show up. And then, you know, we've got to do the work as well to love all of that and create space for the other, love all of that in the other person and create space for them to show up in their authenticity it ain't easy. So
1: <laughs> did, did he need you to show up as that like perfect person he were at the beginning of the relationship or did you?
0: I think it was me. Okay. I mean, I, but that's my nature is to own my stuff. Like, you know, and I, I can't answer for him either. Cause you know, he's not here, but I think ultimately I, it was me because I didn't love myself wholly. I didn't feel enough. That's the work that I've been doing so that I can feel comfortable to show up in all of my different ways. But at the time I didn't, I kept trying to strive to go back to be back at that person. And I would fake it like not intentionally, but I, the moments that I felt good, I'd be like, Oh, I'd latch onto that and be like, look, I'm good today. I'm great. Yeah. And almost like probably was like trying to impress him or something like with how yeah back to having things on lock I was, but really I wasn't like, I was just falling apart inside. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I let him see all of that as well, but it just, I don't know, it, it, it was hard. And I think at the core of it all, I didn't love myself through it. Um, and that's a practice. Like I feel I had an ayahuasca experience um, at Saltara in Costa Rica and went through sort of four ceremonies and had a very, very beautiful experience that helped me along with all the other work that I did and continue to do. Um, understand my true nature and, you know, forgive everything in my past and love myself, but it's still a constant work because, you know, every day we can be triggered back into those old patterns and behaviors and um, we just have to be willing to sit with them, I think.
1: So do you have a process that you've started working on to, when you identify um, a pattern that isn't working, you kind of, you kind of actually stop and work through it. So I, we have the saying, in my group that even noticing you're being unskillful means you are, in fact, being skillful, right? So if you want to change a pattern of behavior, if you notice that you're back in an old pattern, that is, in fact, a victory.
0: Totally. Like having that self-awareness is kind of that first, yeah. first step. Yeah, I love to do um, The Work by Byron Katie, which is a process of questioning your thoughts. Um, that's something that I really enjoy and, and probably forms a little bit of the maybe like maybe the reason why I'm doing this, this podcast is like everything we think creates our reality. It's like, cause it's just whatever we believe is what, what, what we're experiencing and maybe our beliefs aren't always true. So I, I think that's one of the things that I do. And I, and I try to slow down and just not react and respond in the same way that I always have and give myself some time and space to try to see the bigger picture of whatever's going on and just respond a little differently, but it's really, really hard. Like it's, I think to change the way we are, like I'm 38 years old, I've got 38 years of practiced behavior, practice destructive behavior and I now need to start practicing yeah. constructive behavior. Yeah. It's not easy. What about you? Do you, um, I haven't, I haven't
1: developed it
0: into a daily
1: practice, um, or certainly not something that is, um, routine. Mm-hmm. I would like to get to that point. I now am at the point where I can, when I am doing something that is an old thought pattern mm-hmm. and, and then I go, okay, great. You recognize this was an old thought pattern um, or an old reaction pattern. Don't, don't do that anymore. You know, what can you do to make sure you stay in the new behaviors mm-hmm. and having like that once a week check-in is super helpful, you know, cause I actually will kind of write, down the the things that didn't didn't work that week. but I would love to get to a point where it is a much more intentional daily practice. Um, and I do sit and write, okay, here are the things I, I did well. And I noticed when things weren't working as well and just corrected and course corrected. Yeah. I've definitely. Cause if you can have that, that feedback loop for yourself, I think it's the strongest one you can have.
0: Absolutely. Um, I've heard someone share with me at the end of their day, they go back over the instances throughout the day where they were triggered by whatever that, that system is. And, um, you know, they dissect it and I think there's been a lot of growth and learning for them. I'll have to get them on the show at some time <laughs> at some point. So I think um all of the things that we've been talking about today around, you know, shedding that that weight of having to be all of these things professionally and trying to embrace all of this other part of who you are prof- uh, personally, sorry, like how did it feel to actually even step into that, maybe even coming on the show to talk about that stuff or like how does that all feel?
1: That was very scary for me, um but I decided I just needed to do it for me, actually, publicly not just you know publicly not talk just talking to friends about the fact that I'm not like where I thought I would be right now, but even doing something like coming on a show and talking about that is a big deal for me, yeah, um, and really owning that like I'm just kind of this not mess of a human, but I just am who I am right now, and I have you know, no great achievements to celebrate, nothing to, nothing to pump, like no agenda other than sometimes life gets a little bit messy and we don't talk about that process.
0: No, I think it's so beautiful. What are the fears that you have of people who are going to listen to this?
1: I I think it's a lot of judgment, you know, Mm -hmm. who is this, who is this human who has any right to like come in and, and, talk about this and say this. And I think it's both personal judgment and fear of external judgment, Mm -hmm. um, which is when you stop and think about it a little bit ridiculous because then, you know, we're all just judging ourselves that way. It doesn't, it doesn't help anyone truly.
0: Yeah, totally. Like if I'm judging someone else, I'm usually like, Oh, so what is that in me that I'm actually, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Is there anyone in particular, or people, group of people in particular, that you're like? Oh man, the thought of them listening to this just makes me feel yuck.
1: I think there's a little bit of my family, mm-hmm. just because they tend to be more judgmental, and they are people who really um, they value the look of perfection, mm. which is scary. Um, I think there are a decent number of people in my life who are that way, but also I, you know, valuing perfection is not necessarily helpful um to other individuals because like nobody's perfect ever
0: Mm, yeah exactly I think it's super brave of you to come on the show and to talk about all of this stuff thank you Um, and I think like as you're stepping into this truth you can already feel it by the sounds of things that it's going to help other people yeah um, see that it, there's a path for them. I think that's part of this is as we share our own journeys that other people can step into the light. Like yeah. you've experienced this, which means you can hold space for other people to experience this as well. How many people in your family potentially or your circles actually might feel some of these same things?
1: Yeah. Well, look, I have to say you sharing as openly as you have um, about everything you've been going through over the past year and a half on social media has been a big trigger for it. Oh, thank you. Um, it, it, like paralleled a lot of my own journey, but it's been really refreshing to watch because it has been so honest. There are a lot of people who I think you look at it and you go, oh, it's like suffering porn. It has not been that for you. It's been like very raw and authentic and real. And that's been incredibly helpful for me.
0: Thank you. And I think, um, going back to our conversation earlier, which was, you know, that little fear of, I don't want people to think I'm attention seeking. Yeah. I feel like I only felt that, you know, once or twice early on, but it's almost like, I don't know, I think the fact, fact that I didn't fear it most of the time is probably testament to the authenticity I was tapping into yeah. and just this kind of like weird universe voice telling me to just share because <laughs> um, I really don't know 100% where it's where it's come from or why. And I know that I feel sometimes I'm getting more and more comfortable with it, but I have felt like scared about sharing it. But it just, it seems to be something that's helping people. And I think more than anything, it just frees me because I'm like, oh, thank God. I don't have to pretend that I'm not these things. Yeah. That's wonderful. So many things I feel like I pretended my whole life. I remember being like a teenager and I was like very like hippie and spiritual and I had like my tongue pierced and all these kinds of things. And then I became like super professional and I took my tongue piercing out and I was like, I'd be mortified if anyone ever knew I had my tongue pierced. I'm like, oh my God, like, (laughs) really? You'd be mortified about that? But like, I had such a (laughs) complex in my twenties of proving, you know, that I wasn't this off the rails kid. And so I went like, my life, I feel like has been a pendulum. Like, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that now maybe the pendulum's coming into the middle a little more, but yeah, it was like, just going, swinging from one extreme to the other, trying to balance out my reckless teen years with this like super serious twenties. And then my thirties was, has been a journey of coming home to myself and it's been a long journey and that's okay. I think there's been a big surrender in things. Don't just fix overnight. You know, it takes a lot of time. And yeah, I used to want to share from my experiences after the fact like, oh, I learned this last year when I went through this terrible time, blah blah, blah. but now i 'm just like, no, nah, going through it right now don 't really know where it 's going to land, but i 'll let you know tomorrow, <laughs> and somehow it just feels more um, easy to show up that way, I suppose that 's awesome and very hard to do It is, and I commend you for coming on the show and sharing as yeah. you 're on a similar journey, which is super amazing. I feel like this is the first step for you in just being a little more public with this, this step away from having to validate professionally. So I'm, I'm excited to see where you take it. I'm excited to see what happens when you show up at this networking event this week and just be like, Hey, I'm Ellie. What's up? Yeah. I'm not really, I don't know what I'm doing professionally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. It is, it is really scary. Um, you don't realize like how much you've been selling the product your entire life until you're kind of like, I'm not selling anything anymore. I'm not really sure what's going on
0: here. What's your biggest fear that will happen that night?
1: Um, I, you know, I think it's that like people won't, if I'm not selling something, people won't see any value, right? Mm-hmm. And like my presence in and of itself just isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And in a very a highly professional, high achievement society, I frequently think that's the case.
0: Yeah. So it's that feeling of like being there at the event and just being like, I'm not worthwhile being here. Like, I'm not worthy yeah. the way that the other people in the room are. Exactly. Um, mm. Because
1: it's not clear right now, like, what, you know, what startup or what product or what investment or whatever it is that I'm like, I'm there to promote, you know, I'm not there to promote anything. I'm just there to like be myself for the first time in a very long time. I love it. Um, And that will be a really weird and interesting and scary experience for me.
0: It will. It will. And I think, I think the word experience is kind of a cool one to, um, I guess, like grab onto. And it's something that I often think about is that everything in this life, you know, I can comfort myself with this when I'm pushing into something new or different or scary is like, well, it's just an experience. Like it's one event. I'm going to go, I'm going to see what happens. I'll see how I feel. I'll see what I say and how the response is. And I'll go away and think about it. Like it's just an experience. And even if the worst happens or the best happens or something in between happens, it's like an experience to live through. And that's kind of cool as well. Like to live a life rich with experience is, is definitely something that I, I value and aspire to. And I know everybody doesn't. Um, but I think fear is what blocks us from having these different types of experiences. So sort of like sometimes see life as like, not in a bad way, but (laughs) like as a bit of a game, like I'm just going to go and try this out and see, see what happens. Like, um, and then it takes like a little bit of the pressure off that because I think in this society that is so like driven by achievements and accolades and our LinkedIn profiles and stuff. It's, it's very easy to take it all super seriously, but like, really like, is it? Like, yeah. I think the day I woke up and realized that if I was on stage talking about personal finance in yoga gear, it really didn't make the information coming out of my mouth any different or any less but I didn't want to wear a suit anymore. I want to wear what I'm comfortable in. It's so weird how we have all these constructs and the seriousness of what we do, but what is really serious? Like not much. It's, you know, we're just here to have a journey.
1: Yeah. I, I, No, I think you really hit the nail on the head and that's something I've been working on a lot recently is like why? what is this drive to be so serious about all of it? Like the people who I like best just don't take a lot of it that seriously. The people who I like to work with, spend time with, um, they're really enjoying whatever it is they're doing for the sake of enjoyment totally. because they have to like mm-hmm. check some box. Right. And that has been so important for me to realize, like I would probably be having more fun if I was actually having fun,
0: you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, it's been amazing having you on the show. I am definitely going to check back in with you yeah. in a couple of weeks and maybe we'll just record like five minutes or so that sounds great. on what it was like to go to that networking event. And I'd just love to hear, you know, this really is your big first step into just kind of stepping into this space. I know you've been doing the work behind the scenes, but you're you're doing it more publicly now and I'm super proud of you and inspired and I just am excited to come back and, and hear where you're at in you know four or six weeks or whatever it might be and hear what that what that was like when you go to that event and you just show up as you more personally less professionally and and just see what happens good bad or ugly I'd love to hear about it
1: that sounds fantastic I would love that it'll be a fun experiment
0: amazing thank you so much Ali for coming on the show I appreciate you and appreciate all your
1: openness I really appreciate it this was great
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of In My Truth. You can find the show notes on my website under the tab Podcasts or com forward slash In My Truth Podcast. To stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favourite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes, so if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources, but Good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope, even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member, and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sararegelhuth.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.